This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up and welcome to a special edition of Bet the Edge. Bets and brackets powered by points bet. I'm your host, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. And coming up over the next few minutes, we are going to get you ready for the 2022 NCAA tournament. And I got three of the best college basketball handicappers in the biz. My man Drew Densick, Thomas Castalli, and Vaughn Dalzell. Let's get ready to get the party started. It's March Madness time. No times for the salutations. Let's get ready to hop right in. And Drew, I'm gonna start with you. Next year, this time, are we going to March Madness? There's going to be a certain coach of the Duke Blue Devils who's no longer going to be there after 42 seasons. Coach K is coaching in his last tournament today. What do we think, Drew, of the Duke Blue Devils' chances this season? I know that there's a lot of people who, for old times' sake, would love to see Duke make a run in this tournament. But boy, oh boy, they have a statistical blueprint that screams a team that is likely to get upset. And the committee did them no favors, putting them in a very, very challenging bracket, setting him up against his uh, longtime foil, Tom Izzo, and potentially in round two, if Michigan State beats Davidson, of course. Um, But ultimately, uh, you know, the likelihood of Duke getting to the final four, I would have to say, is very low. Um, As I look again, kind of at their profile of this Duke team, they struggle to create turnovers. That has been their undoing in a lot of games this season where they have found themselves at a deficit. When it comes to sort of the top of the NCAA uh, seeding, I definitely look for those teams that struggle to create turnovers on defense. And I tend to avoid them in March Madness because, again, if their opponent happens to have a hot shooting night, the likelihood that they're going to be able to scrap their way back into a game is not especially good. Uh, So as as fun as it would be for old time's sake to see Coach K and this Duke team make a run in this tournament, uh, I think as a Duke fan, I will be happy if they make the Sweet 16. All right, there you go right there. Drew, as a fan, is happy if they make the Sweet 16. Vaughn, last year this time, all the talk was, can anybody in this field beat Gonzaga? It did happen last year, but here we are again. Vaughn, it seems like they've been the best team in college basketball for the better part of five years. Not too much talk about the Zags this year. What do you think about them going into the tournament? Being so good the past five years, they could definitely use some more banners, I'm sure. They would like that. But this could be the year. I like what they've been able to do all season. I think they're the best team entering this tournament. And with the addition of Chet Holmgren, I love what he's been able to do for this team. Now, we've talked about it a couple times, but this year they're seventh in adjusted defensive efficiency. They were 11th last year, so they're a little bit better. But the two categories that got they got much better with his addition was effective field goal percentage and two-point defensive percentage. They were 76 and 61 in those two categories last year. They're number one and number one in both categories this season. <laughs> so Gonzaga has improved a lot under Chet Holmgren, whether you know it or not. And I like the chance that they roll into the Elite Eight and into the Final Four and beyond because when I look at this path, I love it. Absolutely love it. Like we're talking about Boise State and Memphis, potentially UConn, um, you know, maybe an Arkansas Duke team down the road. Like I will take Gonzaga against all these teams. So I'm pretty excited for the Bulldogs in their region. 
Thomas, I just spent the past week drinking soda, sitting on the couch, watching college basketball the whole week, right? And then yesterday when the brackets come out, the teams I was most impressed by, Tennessee, Iowa, Texas A&M, and it doesn't even get a bit. I was a five seed and Tennessee is a three seed. If they're not going to count what's happening in the conference tournament, Thomas, what are we really doing? Well, you make a good point. And I think one of the things is the committee always looks at everything, right? And uh, that's why Xavier was still has had a shot to make the tournament because they're looking back at what Xavier did in November. I could care less. I mean, beating Ohio State <laughs> in November doesn't matter to me. I'm looking at these teams that are playing well. One thing I'll say about the conference tournaments, though, Tennessee and Iowa are a little bit different because they've been playing well for a month leading into the conference tournament. Watch out for those teams that got hot for a couple days, like your Richmonds and some of those teams like that. I think some people, their their views of teams change from the conference tournament. Because I've been hearing a lot of Kentucky isn't that good the last 48 hours. I, I got news for you. There aren't too many teams like Tennessee in this tournament that match up with Kentucky. Yeah. No doubt about that. Definitely going to talk a little bit about the Kentucky Wildcats as we move on through the course of the show. Now, listen, what we like to do against the spread, ATF betting on the tournament, it's a lot of fun. But don't forget, we first fell in love by getting that bracket, getting that sheet, and filling it out, slapping it on the refrigerator. Nowadays, these things are digital, Vaughn. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Do you have any <laughs> tips, strategies, techniques, not when it comes to betting the tournament, but when it comes to filling out your bracket? Yeah, so I always like to look at, obviously, the seedings and what those teams have done in the past with those seeds. So, for example, at least one number 13 seed has been a number four seed in the last 26 of 36 tournaments. Um, then I like, you know, for a betting standard, if we're talking about covering spreads, we like to look at how many of those were single digits because those teams are likely to be seven, eight, nine point favorites or more. So I do that. But something I did that was very interesting this year when I put on my bracket I ranked every single seed one through four. So I took the one seeds, ranked them one through four, the two seeds, one through four, the three. And then the teams that were the very, very bottom one or two, those are the teams I'm fading. I think that could be upset potential. So a team like UConn, for example, they're my worst number five seed. I think they could be upset. That's interesting. I know we're going to talk about the Huskies a little bit later on. Thomas, you fill out, you still do the bracket or you just bet it? And do you have any strategy when it comes to filling out your brackets? Not only do I still fill it out, I got the paper one. I, I haven't I haven't transferred over to the digital one. So the thing I would say is I think sometimes people fall in love with teams before Selection Sunday and don't look at the matchups. You know, listen, I like Vermont, but if Arkansas comes to play, that's a bad matchup for Vermont. So that would be my one piece of advice is take a look at who these teams are playing and see if the matchup is right for an upset before just picking them. Drew, when you are not uh, beating up on odds makers, are you filling out NCAA tournament brackets? Of course. You, I'm a one bracket guy. Are you a one bracket guy? Uh, I actually try to tailor my bracket to the pool. Because if you want to win your pool, you have to play a little bit of game theory. Uh, you can't walk in and just assume that you have got the answer key, so to speak. You need to pick somewhat pool contrarian picks if you expect to win. Now, if you're in an office pool, office pool, generally, they're going to gravitate towards Chuck. They're going to gravitate towards the Dukes and the Kentuckys and the Kansases and the Arizonas. Those are programs that people who haven't been watching college basketball all season, they know those names. 
And so to a degree, you're going to want to go a little bit contrarian when it comes to sort of uh, the expectation for, you know, what a public pool might be. Now, the flip side is if you're in a especially sharp pool, uh, <laughs> then you're in a little bit of trouble, obviously. I uh, wouldn't necessarily expect to win. Um, but, you know, I think almost certainly in a sharper pool, I think you're almost going to have to go more chalk because in reality, you know, you're going to need those points from the Elite Eight wins, from the Final Four wins, from the, you know, the the uh, the semifinals, final wins, you you know, it's less to your advantage to take swings on some long shot Cinderella teams to make a run. Um, and ultimately, you know, it's rare that you can kind of identify, hey, one, two, three, these are the three Cinderella's that I think are going to make it to the Sweet 16. And then that exactly plays out. You're playing with a little bit of fire there. So I tend to go chalkier when I'm in, uh, you know, a high stakes pool. And I tend to go a little bit contrarian when I'm in sort of an office pool type of a setting. All right, so I want to go back to a night. I believe it was late December. There was no sports on TV. It was nothing to bet on. You know what I'm saying, Drew? And I said, you know what? There's nothing to bet on. I'm going to go prepare myself for the NCAA tournament. And I put down a couple of futures wagers. You know what I'm saying? Sure. That night, I got the Arizona Wildcats at 12 to 1. Right now, that number sitting at 6 to 1. Second shortest favorite on the board, the Arizona Wildcats. Drew, let's get to that South region. What do you think of the region's top team, Arizona, who a lot of people, including myself, seem to think can win this whole thing? Well, as I look at the South, I see the most – I would say this is the region of death, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, uh, you know, in general, the South, I have both Houston identified as a team that is way, way better than their five seed would give them credit for largely because of their defense defense, something that tends to travel, uh, you know, in a lot, in a lot of these settings, when you get into these giant open empty arenas where these guys are playing, it's tougher to make your three point shots. It's not any tougher to play defense if you are that good at defense. And what Houston brings to the table defensively is exciting to me. And so Arizona Houston is a potential round of 16 matchup is going to be electric Villanova I also believe to be the real deal Tennessee I believe to be the real deal and I would say that that one five two three those potential final four teams in this particular region that's your strongest final four across all of the, all of these different regions so as I look at the south this is going to be the most entertaining basketball uh, even Loyola Chicago is going to be a tough matchup for Villanova here uh, and I think the odds generally reflect that like you didn't see the number move substantially in Arizona's favor to make it to the final four or to win the title after we saw the bracket. And why did the committee quasi penalize them? It's tough for me to say because they did everything they were asked to do down the stretch. Uh, and all yet, uh, you know, they, they draw some very, very tough uh, tests on the way to a final four here. If Arizona ultimately gets to the final four, they are going to be an absolute nightmare to match up with. Uh, the problem is getting out of the South is going to be tough for them. Uh, I personally have Villanova coming out of here. I think at five to one, uh, them making it out of this region is a fair play. Um, but I could actually see it going anyway uh, between Arizona, Houston, Tennessee, and, and Villanova here. Vaughn, Arizona up top, Villanova down at the bottom. Let's talk about the region's two seed, the Big East champion, Villanova Wildcats. Yeah, well, I loved everything Drew said there. That was that was perfect. I, I believe this is the region where we can see chaos. Uh, with all the top teams here. We don't know which top team is going to make it out alive, but Villanova has a good path to do so. Now, I know they're in Pittsburgh and not Philadelphia, which is a th- which is a sort of a big thing, but not really because it's not a disadvantage by any means. They're going to travel well and get to Pittsburgh, but also the Sweet 16 Elite Eight will be at Wells Fargo in Philadelphia. So if Villanova does make it past these games, then they can be at home in front of their own crowd and 
Drew said it, Loyola Chicago and Villanova. I love how he just said Ohio State's out already. Uh, I'm with <laughs> you there. Uh, and I'm sure Tom is as well. We're all just going to probably be fading the Big Ten like Ohio State. But Villanova, if they get Loyola Chicago, I like them in that matchup. They'd likely be getting, you know, I think Tennessee uh, is probably the best bet for them to match up. And if it, t- Tennessee and Villanova is a Sweet 16 matchup, that's an instant classic. Um, I think that's the type of game that we can see. And I, I like both teams' paths to meet each other in Sweet 16. You know what? That would be very interesting. We'd like to see um, that would be one of the best games that we see over the next course of the next couple of weeks if we do get that matchup. But I tell you what, Tom, before we got to get to that matchup, we got to make sure nobody gets tripped up by some of these lower seeds. And you got some real junkyard dogs in this bracket right here. <laughs> Number one with Loyola, Michigan, my University of Alabama, uh, Birmingham Blazers. And of course, Chattanooga, Tennessee, the team I keep hearing about, Tom, when you look at some of the teams down the bracket in this region, who stands out to you and what do you think about some of these stronger, lower seeds? Well, so there's every year there's a region that usually sends old TC's brackets into the garbage uh, about by Friday night. This could be it because I have Chattanooga beating Illinois. I have UAB beating Houston. Whoa. I have Loyola beating Villanova. So this is the region. Those are teams I like, and I think they got decent matchups. One thing about Houston, I know the metrics love them. They got their best win of the season on Sunday against Memphis. Their yeah. other big wins are over Oregon and Virginia. Just to, you know, listen, they got Jelly Walker there for UAB. It's That's going to be a good game. That so, is. you know, but I do agree. There's a lot of, a lot that can happen in this bracket. Tennessee's strong. You know, I have a future on Arizona too. I took Arizona only because of this. This is the reason why I took them to win it all. When every team is playing their best, I think Arizona is slightly better than Gonzaga if both teams are playing their best. So mm-hmm. I took the Wildcats to win it all, but I could certainly see Tennessee, you know, Villanova, Villanova grind that game down to nothing with Arizona. So some interesting possible future matchups here. All right, let's get into some of the matchups that we do have and that we already know. Let's break them down from an ATS standpoint. We want to kind of get everybody's opinion on a couple of these early matchups in the South region. And uh, Thomas, I'll start with you, my man. Michigan laying two and a half versus Colorado State. Colorado State, the team I first got to put eyes on this weekend when they were playing in the Mountain West Championship. Yeah, this is a tough game because you never know which Michigan team is going to show up. They've been wildly inconsistent this year. I lean Colorado State here only because that same Colorado State team usually shows up every night. You know what you're getting. You're you're going to get you're going to get a battle. You're going to get a tough team. So I lean the Rams, but this is probably – I think there's better options on the board, let's put it that way. All right, but we've got Vaughn, Michigan and Colorado State. Hey, we said fade the Big Ten. We start right here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're taking Colorado State in this matchup. I like the Rams. I mean, you look at what Michigan's done overall. We're talking about defensive turnovers. They don't force any. They're ranked 335th in the country. Um, you look at what Colorado State's done. They won nine of their last 11. They're a top 25 team when it comes to offensive turnovers, efficiency, field goal percentage, two-point percentage. And Michigan lacks when it comes to guarding in the paint. Um, so I'm looking at Colorado State live as a uh, live dog here. I took them plus two and a half, and I took them on the money line at 115. Drew, I feel like I'm going against everybody because I'm on Michigan laying the two and a half. What am I missing? Well, I'm with you. I think Michigan ought to be favored. Uh, I make it three, so I don't didn't play this game. But um, certainly of the round one contest, this is the one that I think is uh, you know is going to be the most exciting because surely Michigan, if they come out and play their best game, I think they're a class above Colorado State. 
Um, however, if they get behind in this one, they suffer from a lot of the consequential problems that teams that get bounced early suffer from. And, uh, and realistically, yes, you know, there, there's nothing about Colorado State's resume or seating that's fraudulent. This is a good team. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, a, this is probably one of your top matchups and most entertaining games in round one. Definitely can see it that way. Drew, stay right here, Loyola and Ohio State. We've already basically put two Big Ten teams out the tournament right now. With Loyola, we've seen them before, and obviously they seem to have momentum on their side in the betting market. Yeah, I would have made this one closer to Loyola minus four. I think they're absolutely the real deal. They're peaking right now. Nothing about their profile smells like trouble to me, and this is a team that has a lot of experience in these moments. Ohio State, of course, going to try to absolve those demons of being a two-seed last year and getting eliminated in round one. Uh, I just don't see the quality on that, you know, you know, the, of those players in terms of being able to distinguish themselves against this Loyola team that uh, realistically – um, you know, I thought 10 was a perfectly fair seed for them. I was kind of hoping for that sort of a seed for this team. I just, uh, I feel like uh, if they had gotten another two seed potentially in the matchup of in the round of 32, they may, may have been able to recreate that magic and make a little bit of a run here. But I think ultimately, if you're going to get involved with Loyola, if you want to be part of the ride, you probably have only one shot to do it in this tournament. You know, Vaughn, Droop said he makes the game Loyola minus four. You want to go for five? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it, baby. You already, I already told you this morning. That's a two-unit bet for me, Loyola. I love this matchup for them. Like uh, they have uh, similar offensive numbers, but Loyola's defense is so much superior when it comes to Ohio State. We obviously know Ohio State in the Big Ten doesn't play great defense, but yeah, everything here points to Loyola Chicago rolling in this matchup. I'm going to be at this game. I already bought tickets for this one, so this will be the first game that I go to. Um, yeah, and as I said, two units. Ohio State one and four ATS and on the money line in their last five games. They've lost games as minus 226, minus 225, minus 320, and minus 560, 50. 5,650 on the money line. They lost to Nebraska outright. Give me Loyola. All right, Thomas, are we going to make it a three for all on Loyola? We certainly are. I'm similar to Drew. I have a, I have a Loyola minus three in this game. Let's put it this way. If Loyola wins, I might send both my sons there. If they don't win, my sons won't have to worry about going to college. I don't, I don't give out units, but I got a lot of them on the, on the Ramblers. Uh, these guys kind of summed it up. You know, I mentioned, you know, don't fall in love with teams, but this is one of those things going into the tournament. Ohio State was a team I was going to look at a fade. Loyola looked a team I'm looking to back. Mm -hmm. Perfect storm here. You know, I think Loyola's three-point shooting, their three-point defense. And don't forget, three players missed the Big Ten tournament for Ohio State. Kyle Young, the big one with a concussion, may or may not play on Friday. So that impacts this game, too. I actually think Loyola wins this game easily. All right, Thomas, can I introduce your children to either Seton Hall or Texas Christian University? Seton Hall, a one-point favorite uh, versus TCU. Well, probably not, because I have a futures <laughs> bet on Seton Hall that's worthless, and I bet TCU for the first time this year against Kansas, and they got blown out. So neither kid's going to either one of those schools. But in this game, I think, uh, you know, TCU does a lot of its damage in the paint down low. I think Seton Hall has the kind of defense to bang with them. I'm not betting this game personally, but I lean Seton Hall advancing. All right, Vaughn, Seton Hall and TCU. This is a terrible game to bet. I think it's one of the most 50-50 games <laughs> on the entire slate. But what Tom just said was the one big thing for me. Seton Hall is the fifth tallest team in the country, and TCU loves to score inside when they can't make their three-pointers, which we saw against Kansas. So I lean Seton Hall here. I took them in my brackets, and if I was betting, I would take Seton Hall. All right. Yeah. What's up, Drew? 
Yeah, Seton Hall for me in this one as well. I think they ought to be slightly more respect here in the market. Uh, just definitely, uh, you know, and, and you know, I, nothing against TCU. Congratulations on finally putting something of quality together in the Big 12 tournament. But uh, ultimately, I think Seton Hall gets a, a you know, win by win, not with margin, but uh, in the four to five point range. All right, we are off and rolling. The madness is here. Get an Edge Plus annual subscription now to unlock our college basketball, DFS, and betting. With game predictions, player prop projections, and more, get ready to cut down the nets using promo codes BRACKET20. Plus, you'll get every tool for every sport with your Edge Plus subscription, including our new fantasy baseball draft guide. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus, excuse me, and use promo code BRACKETS20. Our partner, Teddy Greenstein from PointsBet Breakers, uh, join us a little bit later on in the program. Give us a look at how things are going behind the window. But let's get ready to hop into the Midwest region, Vaughn. And here we go, baby. Auburn and Kansas. These are two best teams in the bracket. I've already got Auburn in my final four. But I'm hearing a lot of rock chalk Jayhawk today. What we got going on, Vaughn? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I have Kansas going a little farther than Auburn in my bracket. Um, I have more faith in Kansas, although I don't. I think both teams are slightly overrated. Auburn down the stretch, we were talking about them. You know, we're talking one and six, one and seven ATS their last eight, two two covers like in their last ten. This team just hasn't got it done when it comes to covering spreads. I do think they roll against Jacksonville State, but I have them meeting up with USC in the second round and with USC's height and the way they like to play down low. I think they're going to give Auburn trouble. I can't trust. These, this Tigers team with their guard play down the stretch to win three or four or five games straight. So I would fade Auburn. I like Kansas a little more. What we think, Tom, what we think about the Kansas Jayhawks up here with that one seed in this region. Um, after the after the bracket was announced, Kansas went from 14 to 1 to 7 to 1. So the mm. odds makers have taken a side. Yeah, well, Vaughn kind of stole my thunder with that USC over Auburn second round pick. Um, the the first uh, the first two uh, futures I made uh, before the season were Kansas eighteen to one, Auburn seventy to one. So I obviously have a lot going on in this region, but I think Vaughn hit it on the head. I don't trust Auburn as much right now as I do Kansas, and that second round possible matchup with USC's height and zone that's a tough one for the Tigers. You know, I've been saying Kansas is a team we should fade over the last month, but then the brackets came out and I tried to fade them. Maybe Iowa gets them. I just don't see a lot here that can trip up the Jayhawks with a healthy Remy Martin. So I think the odds move that way. Cause in my opinion, Kansas has the best road to the final four. Ooh. Interesting stuff. Drew, let me get in right here. Let's talk about this Wisconsin team. Um, one of the, um, one of the teams that people are looking at in this region, got a tough matchup out the gate with, with Colgate. At least that's what I'm hearing. But here's the thing, Drew. This is still the third-seeded team in this region. Any love for them? Yeah, not for me. Um, and realistically, the move you saw in the market on Kansas was reflecting the fact that the Midwest is soft. I mean, this is the mm-hmm. – you know, I know that Kansas was not the number one overall seed, but the committee sure, sure as heck treated them like it. Um, you know, the three and four – both the three and four uh, seeds in this region are extremely – Looks like Drew froze, but yep. I will definitely pick up for him and say I believe the yeah. three and the four is a little overrated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, got, I got Colgate winning, so you got Colgate winning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I, I like it too. I, like looking at uh, just in general, like the three seeds last year, Abilene Christian beat Texas. Uh, I wish we could get Texas as a three seed again, Tom. Uh, but yeah, three seeds are usually the hitters, and I feel like Wisconsin's the one three seed that'll go down early. Let me stay right here, Vaughn, because I did the Q&A with you earlier this, this morning, 
And it kind of led me to this point when we talk about Ed Cooley's Providence team. I want to give you between one to 10, basically with your money putting on Providence. One being, I work too hard for this money. <laughs> I work up. I'll stop you there. <laughs> 10, being, 10 being back up the brakes truck, but I guess it comes to you work too hard for this money to put it on Ed Cooley's Providence team. I love Ed Cooley. I love Providence. I'm a big Friars guy, but yeah, I played South Dakota State plus two and on the money line right away. Uh, this number to me was very telling of what could happen. They don't trust Providence to lead in this game much. It's probably going to play from behind, have to come back. South Dakota State, very efficient offense, ranked 12th in the country when it comes to offensive efficiency. The line of this being 149 and a half, 150 for the over-under. I mean, how many Providence games do we see at that total already? But this South Dakota State team has won 21 straight games. They have not lost since December 15th. Um, getting that two-point line shows respect for the Jackrabbits. I think they can beat Providence. I think Providence is really, really fading away at the wrong time. So, yeah, give me South Dakota State on the money line and the plus two. So I want to ask you about a team that I've been hearing a lot of talk about that's in this, it's in this uh, Midwest region right here. And that's this Colgate team. They wear, they wear red and white just like Wisconsin, but it's not Wisconsin. Yeah, so last year, one of my biggest bets ever was Arkansas over Colgate. Just a, okay. a horrendous draw for the for the Raiders. <laughs> this year, a good draw. Uh, I think that I think Colgate matches up very well with it, Wisconsin, one of the best shooting teams in the country. Neither team rebounds that well. So mm -hmm. you're looking at a Colgate team where Wisconsin can't really hurt them where they're weak. And Wisconsin doesn't shoot the ball well. I mean, there's a lot there that tells me that Wisconsin isn't going to win this game by seven or eight points. So I bet Colgate, and I think they're a live dog to win outright. All right, let's get into some more of these action, some more of these matchups in this Midwest region. And uh, Thomas, I'll start with you. We got USC and Miami. I know Miami is a team that your colleague Vaughn has been betting on a lot this year. Not sure where he stands on this one. I guess he's about to find out. But I'll come to you first. USC laying two points versus the Hurricanes. Yeah, so I mentioned USC against Auburn, right? I think yeah. Miami matches up better with USC than Auburn because they shoot the three. The USC plays that zone. Yes, the Trojans' uh, height is going to hurt Miami. But I think, you know, the Hurricanes have been undervalued all year. I think they're undervalued here. You know, as, a, as an Auburn ticket holder, baby, let's go Canes. I'm rooting for Miami. I think they got a good chance to win that game. I right, what do you think, Vaughn? You still on Miami or have you turned your back against your <laughs> Jim Laranega and your Hurricanes. I feel physically sick that Tom didn't say USC money line. I mean, that wasn't good for me. But I like the Trojans in this spot now. Like I said, I've rode Miami all season. I still love the Hurricanes. All love for them. But they don't have the height to match up. Like, USC has four guys in that lineup at 6'9 or taller. That starts pretty much. And Miami has one guy that tall. Uh, the trees down low is going to get to Miami, in my opinion. USC, second best two-point percentage team. Miami is, you know, 266 or worse. And when it comes to offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding, two-point percent defense. Uh, so, really, if Miami is turning the ball over, it's over for them because that's the only thing they do really well here. So, I like USC, although uh, Tom made me a little nervous on this one. Well, I don't have a strong play on it. I think I'm rooting with my heart. I, I want to okay. see <laughs> Auburn matches up better with Miami. So Because I will say, like, this is one of my favorite bets of, like, the first round. Like, I think USC has every matchup because Miami Huge lost size to Florida advantage. State twice. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, like, like that's the thing because Miami lost to Florida State both times they played them, almost lost to Syracuse both times. Those are two top ten height teams. USC is number four in height, so – I mean, it makes sense to me. I got USC money line for two units. A lot of, lot of, lot of good points here uh, to break down, Drew. Where are you going with it? 
I like how this matchup is. This is maybe the most important matchup if you're going to try to win a bracket because exactly as these guys laid out, if USC wins this game, they go on potentially to an Elite Eight run. Uh, Miami wins this game, and Auburn all of a sudden is looking very good to come out of this region. Um, And I think that the market is a little light on Miami. I don't think this should be a a one-and-a-half-point favorite here for USC. I get the size advantage. But what Miami does well, and in my opinion, at least offensively, um, you know, is you know, they have great. You know, I, I think of them as an an excellent passing team. They have nice scheme. They have good coaching, uh, and realistically, uh, you know, there's not a lot um, about the matchup of Miami's offense against USC's defense that I think the height is going to matter a ton. Now, if USC is just getting to the rim at will uh, in this contest, then maybe the total at 139 and a half is a little low. Um, but I think Miami ultimately ought to be a pick here. My numbers say that there's value on that side. Um, and just the fact that I think Miami is, a, you know, is slightly better as a team and that a win there really unlocks the path for Auburn to make a run uh, has me bullish on Auburn in general in the Midwest. All right, Vaughn, let's get ready to hop into some more of these games in this region right quick. Uh, one I haven't really heard too many people talking about LSU laying four versus Iowa State. This is definitely a tough game. Initially, I was like, all the numbers point to the under in this matchup, and it opened at 123 and a half, and then it moved up to 126 now. So that kind of like scared me off of this game in general. Um, I've led this LSU team. I have a Final Four's future on LSU. I think they have potential still to go deep with guys like when Xavier Pinson's healthy and he's scoring eight, 10 plus points, this team is, has been winning games outright all season long at 80% or better clips. So I like LSU in this spot to get the outright win. Uh, you know, money line parlays in March are not a good thing to be doing. Uh, no. So I won't be playing many in the tournament. So uh, I'm going to lay off this game. I lean the under, but with all the line movement to the over, uh, I'm not going to have a play in this one. Yeah, you parlay two favorites in this tournament. But I tell you what, <laughs> you're going to be eating ramen noodles. All right, all right, what we got right here, what we got right here Thomas, LSU and Iowa State. Yeah, so three metrics I like to look at a lot are turnovers, re- offensive rebounding, and free throw shooting. Both these teams turn the ball over more than my son's sixth grade youth team. I mean, they're all over the place. And both these teams create a ton of turnovers. I do think, listen, the coaching change kind of threw me off LSU because I'm not, you don't know what to expect now. You don't know if they're going to be motivated, if they're going to be down. If that hadn't happened, I would have liked LSU in this spot simply because of their athleticism. And I think they're a tough team to play in a tournament setting when you're not used to how quick and how fast and how long they are. Well, we got Drew, uh, LSU and Iowa State. Yeah, I need to revisit some of my um, conference strength adjustments here because I showed value on all six SEC sides when I originally ran my numbers here, uh, and this is one of them. I think LSU ought to be favored by six and a half, and I think ultimately I'm going to go to war with them. I think the Big 12 is a little overrated this year, not like, you know, like last year the Big 10 was overrated. Everyone knew it. You could have just basically paid off your mortgage if you just went to war against the Big 10 teams. This year at Big 12 kind of fits a lot of those same um, you know, checks a lot of those boxes for me. But uh, so I think ultimately getting an SEC matchup against the Big 12 team, you know, it, the, the coaching is a somewhat of a spooky situation. But, um, you know, there's nothing about this LSU squad that uh, to me looks like they've called it a season. So I think they might be uh, catching a, a little bit of a, a buy low spot here on the uh, on the Tigers. Drew, two of the more impressive teams I saw watching college basketball last week was San Diego State and Creighton. They yeah. meet up in the eight nine matchup. San Diego State laying the two here. Creighton's a team I think could play in the Sweet Sixteen this year. 
Yeah, I went with San Diego State here, but it was pretty soft. I don't think I'm going to be going out and running and laying a bet on this game either way. Two is fair for me. I know San Diego State is a very tough team to prepare for, to match up with. And in general, uh, I thought that the conference that they played in was, um, you know, was, was light years better than it has been in years past. Maybe he's gotten them a little bit more battle tested for uh, a tournament run. We know, of course, they faced Syracuse early last year and got bounced when uh, a lot of people had kind of tagged them as a dark horse. Um, ultimately, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in San Diego State winning only so that we can catch something like uh, San Diego State plus 10-ish against uh, Kansas in round two. I think that's going to be a worthy bet. All right, Thomas, what do you think of this one right here with San Diego State and Creighton? Well, we know it's going to be tied 45-45 with about a minute and a half left in the game. This is talk about a rock fight. Uh, this, these are two defensive-minded teams that struggle to shoot the ball. I, this is a game I think is going to come down to a few turnovers, a few rebounds. How A game like this is very important how the officials are calling it early, too, because they both play aggressively, especially San Diego State. Guys getting in foul trouble. So for me, this would be more of a live bet once I see how the game's being called. All right, Vaughn. That's an interesting point right there with that. We're taking this one live, but I've already I'm already in on Creighton, so I need them to win. Yeah, it's hard to back Creighton here. I mean, honestly, Creighton, I think they have potential to go deep, but when you look at their numbers, they don't shoot the three well. 30% of the season, 314th overall, 305th offensive turnover, 327 defensive turnover numbers. I mean, that's a team you it's probably worth fading when it comes to March. And uh I like San Diego State's defense. So I look at the under 120 and a half. Hard for me to trust Creighton in this spot. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, 
Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms dash and dash conditions. All right, let's get right back to it. Brackets and bets, bet the edge, brackets and bets, powered by points bet. Corey, Thomas, Drew, and Vaughn. All right, let's get ready to get into it. Vaughn Baylor, this is a team that helped you get a brand new car last year. You know what I'm saying? You took that future on them. You got paid out. You cashed out. Now you're riding clean. How we feel about Baylor again this year? Are they the uh, weakest number one seed? I think they are the weakest number one seed. I like Arizona. I like Gonzaga a lot. Kansas has been looking pretty good lately. And without JTT for Baylor, I mean, that's still a big issue for them and their injuries down the road. I don't. I can't really see them going beyond the Elite Eight in this tournament um, with the teams that they're playing. Like, they could beat North Carolina. I'm not very scared of the Tar Heels here. But if they run into UCLA or even an Indiana Hoosiers team who could make a run here, I mean, it could get dangerous for the Baylor Bears down the stretch. So, uh, I'm not too involved with them in the futures market. I think they are worth a fade. <sighs> yeah, your heart changes year to year, man. I'm telling you. They're 5-2 and two in their last seven, which isn't bad. But that lost Oklahoma definitely put me on notice. That's crazy. Vaughn was riding clean with Baylor last year. Now he turned his back on Baylor, Drew. Uh, nobody seems to be turning their back on the Kentucky Wildcats. They are one of the liabilities over at points bet to win the championship. Uh, Drew, what do you think of Kentucky? Well, it's a two-edged sword here because, number one, Kentucky was the team that I thought was going to be slightly overrated by the market, by the pools, and you could take a contrarian position against them. Um, but this is yeah, – there's really no one in their section there that scares me from them getting to the Elite Eight. Um, potentially a matchup against San Francisco in round two would be fun, but I don't ultimately think Kentucky's at risk of losing. The top half of this bracket, to me, looks uh, like a lot of fun. Uh, North Carolina kind of slid slid in as an eight seed is very, very intriguing. Uh, I think North Carolina matches up well against the likes of a Baylor. Um, similarly, they like they match up well against the likes of a UCLA. I think St. Mary's and uh, and Purdue and Texas are all three single digit seeds that can generally be dismissed. Um, and so ultimately, if North Carolina gets that win in the round of 32, the path is pretty clear for a head to head between UNC and Kentucky in the Elite Eight, in my opinion. Uh, at that point, I mean, it's a pick them. You know, more or less by my numbers, North Carolina is a team that does a lot of good things, right? Uh, and at 20 to 1, the price is right for them to make a, a Final Four, in my opinion. You know what, uh, Thomas? This would be the most fitting end to Coach K's college coaching career. If the North Carolina Tar Heels go on a Final Four run in his last NCAA tournament. Tom, Drew just broke it down. I already got a couple dollars on North Carolina to go to the Final Four. Please tell me, hey, Corey, you know what? I think Carolina can make the Final Four. Well, these guys make some interesting points because I don't think Baylor is a, is a weak one seed. I think they're the weakest one seed in the last decade. 
That's uh, you know, <laughs> wow. you're talking about, you know, the big man down low is out. LJ Cryer not playing for the last month or so has been huge. And word is he's done. Uh, you know, yeah. colleges don't give out injury reports, but he's not coming back anytime soon. They've lost key, key players to that team. It doesn't get talked about enough. So I think the thing about North Carolina is, I mean, I think Marquette's garbage, but who knows, right? With North Carolina, who knows what to expect. But they get past that game. Then I think they're dangerous. UCLA, they're another team that Akron slows the game down a lot. You know what I mean? Is uh, There's going to be – I agree with uh, Drew. This is, looks like some fun in this region because I, I think the number one seed is weak. I personally think Kentucky rolls to the final four here, and I mean rolls. I don't really – I think the second-round game against Murray State-San Francisco might be Kentucky's toughest game of the tournament. Get past that, and it's final four time. All right, Vaughn, we got Kentucky all the way going to the Final Four. But I think I've heard you, I've been capping with you and working with you for over a year now, and I know you like some UCLA Bruins. You know what I'm saying? UCLA is in this region. Can they be a team to make a Final Four run? I do, but first I want to ask Drew, did you say that UCLA is one of the teams you're going to fade in this region? No, that I, I mean, I think UCLA makes a sweet 16, but uh, I just okay. I don't love the way they match up against UNC, honestly. Uh, you know, UNC, just real quick, UNC has sort of the weird little kind of intangible recipes where they peaked coming down the home stretch. They beat Duke on their home court in the final game of the regular season. Like that was such a we are re- for real. Uh, and then the fact that they let down a little bit in the ACC was not surprising. Like it was, you know, it, it didn't mean as much. They had already punched their ticket. Uh, they get an eight seed. They're in a relative, you know, they're, they're up against the weakest one seed. I, I think UCLA, yeah. North Carolina, that's a game that I have close to a pick em. North Carolina, Kentucky is a game I have close to a pick em. So uh, that's really those one of those three teams emerges, in my opinion. I feel very confident in UCLA. Like, they're one of four teams in the country, top 15, just at offensive defense efficiency. I do agree a matchup with North Carolina would be very interesting and probably not great for them. I think they could get past Baylor, but I wouldn't sleep on Indiana either. Uh, if they make – if they, you know, they win the play-in game, get hot. They look hot right now. But, yeah, I like UCLA in the futures. I think that they have some money to be made in the Sweet 16 for sure, and uh, I'd probably take a flyer on them Elite Eight Final Four. All right, let's get in here and handicap some of these games, Tom. I'm going to start with you. Let's start with one of the first four matchups, Indiana and Wyoming. Opened up Indiana laying three and a half. I hopped on it. Felt pretty good about that. Now we're seeing we're seeing the Hoosiers laying four versus Wyoming. This is my man, Mike Woodson. He's uh, doing a pretty decent job. Yeah, no, and uh, I think they match up well with Wyoming. It's been a great season for the Cowboys, the, you know, last team in the tournament. But they rely so much on two players, you know, Maldonado and Ike down low. I think Indiana's defense in the paint is what's going to be big here. If EK gets in foul trouble early, watch out because Wyoming's a complete different team. If you're talking about a live bet for how they're calling that game down in the paint. But I lean Indiana to advance and uh, possibly go even further. All right, Vaughn, you're up next on this one right here. First four round in Dayton, Indiana land four versus Wyoming. Yeah, I certainly like Indiana, too. This is the side that I would play in this matchup. I think that they have potential to go deep. They've been looking phenomenal for losing a lot of games in the past 11 or 12 games. Indiana looked phenomenal in the Big Ten tournament. Wyoming is a team that does not force any turnovers. If you're not forcing turnovers against Indiana, I like the extra possessions. And I'll say the Hoosiers are a bit unlucky. Their opponents are hitting 76% from the free throw line this season. That's 14th best in the country. So that's a pretty unlucky number. All right, what do you think, Drew? The same contest. <laughs> yeah, Indiana minus five and a half is my fare here, so I'm going Hoosiers or pass. All right, let's continue to ride through this region right here. 
Ah, my team, uh, Vaughn, Purdue, my man, the super gremlin, Jaden Ivey, the best player <laughs> in the tournament. Purdue laying 15 and a half versus Yale. They all smart and stuff, but can they really roll with Purdue? Hey, man, who's getting in front of Purdue right now to cover a spread? I'm not betting on Purdue to cover a spread. They're one in nine ATS in their last 10 games, and they've been favorites in every single game. So they covered one spread. I'm not getting behind that. If you like Jaden Ivey so much, go on his player props. That's a much better bet in this game. I think he'll have a great game, but I am not laying 15 and a half with Purdue. No way. I mean, Drew, it's a new season. You know what I'm saying? It's a new season. It's Yale. They regroup, and they successfully lay 15 and a half. I would, I'm fine taking Yale first half in this game. 15 and a half for the full game, I'm going to steer clear of just because I could see Purdue making some adjustments at halftime and being able to put on a little bit of a, a second half margin here. But Yale, I think, is going to be tough to prepare for, and, and they're going to compete early in this contest. Um, 15 and a half is pretty close to my fare. I'm at Purdue 16, in, and but Vaughn's points are all very real. Like Purdue, there are a ton of, ton of red flags about that team. Thomas, I guess it's kind of tough to lay this number with Purdue, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm off on Purdue overall, but, you know, as someone who follows the Ivy League, I was kind of hoping Princeton would make it. I thought they were the best team in the Ivy all season. So for me, the second best team in the Ivy League is in the tournament. Yale has really struggled with teams that are athletic. I, I, I don't know. this. I, I wouldn't lay the number with Purdue, I, but I see Yale having a tough time covering the, the 15 and a half here. I really do. All right, Thomas, stay right here. Texas is a single-point favorite versus Virginia Tech. This is one of the games that's seeing a lot of action. I bet Texas minus one last night. Where are you at on Texas and Vitek? Originally, I liked Virginia Tech in this game. But, you know, as the season goes on, I make some notes. And one thing I pointed out to myself early in the season, and it's been a problem all year, is Virginia Tech struggles against athletic uh, guards who pressure the ball. If you watch that game against Memphis early in the year, boy, they, they look completely outclassed. So I kind of switched my thoughts on this. I went from Virginia Tech to Texas. I, God knows I hate to bet Texas or I hate to back <laughs> Texas or anything to do with Texas. I mean, it's like having a root canal, having money on that team. But I do <laughs> think their defense gets it done in this game because Virginia Tech, I feel, is going to be a popular play after the ACC tournament. But, yeah. again, one of those teams that kind of got hot, I like Texas. All right, what you say? What you say, Drew? Yeah, I'm I'm with Tom. I, I in general, uh, this kind of a, a a blueprint where Virginia Tech just you know they they needed overtime to beat Clemson, uh, or else their season's over. They play their way in with the ACC title, uh, and then draw Texas and only catching one point. Uh, all the statistical models that I'm looking at across the space, including my own, are in the Texas to minus one and a half to minus three range. I think realistically, Texas is the right team to put in your bracket uh, and the right side to cover this game. Even though both Texas and Purdue look like teams that I'm dying to fade, ultimately, I think you're going to have to wait till week two to do that. All right, Vaughn, we left you on the island with Virginia Tech, didn't we? I mean, yeah, you did. So that sucks. <laughs> uh, I was leaning Virginia Tech a lot in this matchup, but I, like everyone else, am seeing recency bias in my pick here. And I've watched Texas all season long and as favorites. I've just not been invested in this team as a favorite. I mean, going back last 10, 11 games as a favorite, they've only covered two spreads. Uh, they haven't covered one their past four as a favorite. So that stuff kind of scares me. But matching up well, I do think Texas matches up with Virginia Tech better than what we've seen the tech, Virginia Tech do in the ACC tournament. So uh, you guys are probably right. I haven't bet this one, but I do lean Tech. All 
All right, Teddy Greenstein from PointsBet joins the program. Happy to have you, Teddy. Help us break down some of this bracket madness we got going on. Let us know what's going on behind the glass over there with the good people at PointsBet. So let me start off by asking you this, Teddy. How does the public bet March Madness? Are they going after their alma maters? Are they doing the same thing they do in a bracket? I can imagine it's pretty chalky, right? Yeah, I better not uh, bet on mine because mine is Northwestern, and I really don't think the Cats are going to win a game in this tournament. But I would say, Corey, that like it's the opposite of the NFL, right? In the NFL, we think of the public as loving the favorites. And in March Madness, they love the underdogs. They love plus money. Like nobody's going to brag to their friends about a winning ticket on Providence, but they'll probably brag to their friends about South Dakota State and how smart they are and how they need the stack graphics we're going to get it done. And along those lines, too, we see fewer spread bets on the underdog. We see more money line plays. So that's certainly a case there with South Dakota State. People are thinking this is March and the upsets are going to happen. Oh, that's fascinating. Speaking of upsets happening, like as you look across the board at the round one plays, any numbers particularly stand out that have surprised you? Any action that you've taken so far that uh, you expected or were uh, not prepared for? Drew, the two lines that, that stood out to me were Michigan as an 11 seed, uh, giving points, giving two and a half to Colorado State. Obviously, Michigan is a wildly up and down team. Last two game winning streak came a month ago. This is a 14 loss team. So I think there's some brand name effect here. That said, Colorado State, uh, not much to brag about either, even though they only lost five games, probably viewed as the most overseeded team in the field. And then the other one, I have family in uh, in, in Burlington, Vermont. So I uh, kind of love that uh, Vermont is getting a lot of respect against Arkansas, only a five and a half point line. Although for people who saw the America East finals, that won't surprise them. They doubled up uh, UMBC. I will caution, though, Arkansas 14-3-1 in its last 18 against the spread. Interesting stuff right there. I know you've probably been backstage checking out some of the program. Yep. You've heard us talk and break down the question of who, which team or teams have the best draw, the best path, excuse me, to a potential Final Four. Give me some of your thoughts on the teams with the easiest pass and how they're being bet. Yeah, I'm going to give you an easiest and a toughest. And I know Drew will agree with my easiest because he's been harshing on the Midwest region. So I'm going to go for Auburn here. Now, look, we know that this team has had a huge fade after a 22-1 and start. And the Tigers are only 1-6 and against the spread away from home in their last seven. However, when you look at the Midwest, I don't think Wisconsin as a three seed scares anyone, especially if Johnny Davis is not at full health. He uh, tweaked an ankle recently. And then, you know, LSU just fired Will Wade. So I don't think the Midwest scares anyone. And then in terms of the toughest path, I'm going to go with the Zags, you know, going to face Boise State or Memphis in that second game. Two obviously very different style teams. Boise, great defensively. The head coach is Leon Rice, who is a Mark Few protege. And we know Memphis has some pros. So uh, Auburn looking good, and Gonzaga's going to have a tough time. It's interesting. So because we have a lot of kind of blue blood programs getting relatively well seated in this tournament, the likes of the Kentuckys, Kansases, Arizonas of the world, um, does that affect how you guys have taken action in the futures market over the balance of the season? And are there a couple of those teams that stand out as you are really hoping to see some, uh, some blood in the water and maybe get bounced early so that you aren't facing those liabilities? Well, Corey asked in the first stretch there about people betting their alma maters. So there's certainly a lot of sentimentality in this tournament and we're seeing it 
first and foremost with Duke. So if you're wondering about our, lar our largest liability, it is Duke, 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 and followed by Duke. I mean, wow. four times higher than any other team in this field, but we are still comfortable offering the Blue Devils a 12 to one to win it all. Beyond that, we're getting a lot of action on Gonzaga, Kentucky, Purdue, and Iowa. Purdue and Iowa, you can maybe say it's the factors of, you know, points bet has some strong states here uh, near me in Indiana and Iowa. So we're certainly uh, not surprised by the support they're getting from their states. That's all very good stuff. Like you talk about uh, points, but having those books out there in Iowa and Illinois, definitely want to see those teams uh, get bet up. Interesting to keep an eye on that stuff and all the good stuff you do. If you haven't tried points bet out yet, make sure you give them a shot. Uh, Teddy, thanks a lot, my man. Enjoyed it, guys. All right, we got the homies, Drew, Vaughn, and Thomas. Thomas and Vaughn, welcome back to the set. We got to continue to talk and break down some of these um some of these regions. And now we head over to the West, Drew, where Gonzaga and the Blue Devils. We just heard Teddy mention the liability is on Duke. Obviously, Coach K's last ride, Coach K the last dance. But when you look at it, who do you see as a team between these two teams, particularly Duke and Gonzaga, who can get the farthest into this tournament? Yeah, so the Duke path is absolutely brutal. Um, you do not want to face a coach like Izzo in March. It doesn't matter how good his team is. You do not want to face a defense like Texas Tech in March. doesn't matter, you know, what round you end up facing them. And those are potentially your round of 32 and Sweet 16 matchups. Uh, and there's really not a lot of other strong Cinderella stories that could potentially save you from having to do the hard work yourself. Gonzaga, similarly, they, they're going to have an interesting, tough test every step of the way. But honestly, if I'm Gonzaga and if I'm looking for some positive spin that this is, uh, you know, that, that the fact that the West is a very challenging region, I'm fine with the fact that you're going to get to face some good, not great teams on your way to a Final Four. And that, to me, is, you know, the, last year that their West region was extremely soft. They really did not face a tough test until they got to the final four, played UCLA. UCLA played them toe-to-toe -to -toe, uh, and really softened them up before Baylor just absolutely got the better of them in the national championship game. I think this time around, coming from a weak Western, you know, WCC was awful this year. Uh, and realistically, they haven't been tested in months. And I think uh, the fact that they have a little bit of a challenging road could be construed as a positive. Now, I don't know that I'm going to be laying the points with Gonzaga all along the way here, uh, but Gonzaga to come out the West and, and still being clearly the best team in this uh, in this uh, region, I think, is uh, un, un, undeniable. Interesting stuff right there, uh, Drew, breaking it down for us. So basically you're saying maybe they get battle tested inside the bracket because yes. they haven't been battle tested throughout the course of the season. Interesting to see who, how that plays out. Uh, Thomas, Arkansas, contender or pretender? Well, contender, uh, for sure, I think. Uh, you know, I have UConn coming out of this region. I took a shot with them, but it wouldn't surprise me if I, I agree with what everyone's saying. Like this is a tough bracket, I think, for Gonzaga. That there's some teams there that can grind them down. I mean, Arkansas, you look at their first round game. I mean, apparently don't ever write on Twitter that Vermont's gonna get hammered. I've never seen I, I that was gonna, that was a throwaway line for me. You know, listen, I went to school in Vermont. My sister lives in Vermont. I picked Vermont to beat Syracuse years ago. They love me there. I'm a legend. But <laughs> I think Arkansas. <laughs> much too tough for Vermont. Uh, I think it's a bad draw, and I like the winner of Arkansas-UConn to maybe get out of this region. I, I, You know, Teddy said something interesting about Gonzaga's second-round game. 
I don't know if Boise State or Memphis is going to beat the Zags, but that's a tough, tough second-round game for them against two different style teams. So I think Arkansas is a contender. I think UConn's a contender. Um, I think that upper region, the upper part of the bracket, is is just as tough as the bottom part of the bracket. You could see some craziness here. Interesting stuff. I put a couple dollars on Memphis to make it to the final four. I think I'm in the, in, in the boat by myself on that one, Vaughn. Uh, Vaughn, Tom mentioned uh, UConn coming out of this region. What's your thoughts on the, uh, the Huskies? I'm not as high on the Huskies as Tom, not going to lie. I mean, I've seen plenty of UConn games this season in person. I still think this is not a very good basketball team. I feel like they're far, far overrated for what they are. Um, they basically have two guys, Adam Sonogo and Acock Acock, that are the biggest differences for this team. The rest of the guys I can't really trust, especially the guard play. It's a team that just continually turns the ball over a lot. As a favorite this season, they're 12, 14, and 1 ATS, so 46% hit rate with one cover in their last five and three in their last 10. And you talk about New Mexico State, they're a tall team, top 50 in height. They match up well when it comes to that. They like to score inside, and they're 4-0 ATS as an underdog and 4-0 on the money line this season as an underdog. So I do see some upsets potential here. When I land in Pennsylvania tomorrow, I'm playing New Mexico State plus a six and a half. Um, so I like them here. Um, I know it's probably not going to be a very popular pick, but like I said, UConn has been on my fade list for a very long time, and I'm excited to begin that journey this week. Yeah, right. Vaughn, real quick, you, you make a good point because I think they could lose that first-round game. Um, but yeah. if you remember a few years ago, New Mexico State almost beat Auburn. They had yeah. a shot at the buzzer, right? And then they Auburn did. went to the Final Four. So, again, I think you have to survive these tough first-round games. And if UConn can get by that, I think they're in good shape. And I'll say that uh, over since, like I said this a little bit earlier, but since 2000, a five-seed has lost every year except, except three years. And it's either going to be UConn or St. Mary's. One of those two five seeds are losing because I love Houston. I love Iowa. So fading one of those two. That New Mexico State and Auburn game was the first game of the tournament. So your bracket changed dramatically. <laughs> the very first game of the tournament. Because I remember being on New Mexico State that year. All right, Drew, uh, get to this West region. Let's talk about some of these teams that nobody that we haven't mentioned. Um, Michigan State, interesting. Davidson, very interesting. And Texas Tech, my pick to win the West region. Those are all good teams, yeah. <laughs> Texas Tech especially. I think as I look at their little subsection right there, I have Texas Tech as meaningful favorites over Montana State as well as Alabama, Rutgers, or Notre Dame. Texas Tech, maybe of all of the, um, you know, everyone outside of Gonzaga here, to me, Texas Tech is the most likely to make the Sweet 16. And ultimately, yeah. I think if Michigan State pops Duke, if Duke, uh, even if Davidson, you know, they're going to be they're going to go toe to toe with the Duke just because of the way they shoot. So I think realistically, Texas Tech getting to the Elite Eight is fair, uh, at which point Zaga, you know, Gonzaga, Texas Tech might be one of my most anticipated matchups of potential matchups of the tournament. All right, let's get ready to hop in here, Vaughn, and break some of these games down. Um, Kind of already know where Tom feels at, but let's start with you. Arkansas laying five and a half versus, oh, guess who? The Vermont Catamounts, your boys. <laughs> I wish I could play the Catamounts, but Tom was absolutely right. This could not be a worse draw for Vermont. When this came up, I was like, why couldn't we get Michigan State or Wisconsin or, you know, Miami, one of these teams? But now we got to get Arkansas. This is purely a fade spot for me. Uh, one money line I would feel confident in playing is Arkansas, but I like the team total of over 72 and a half for the Razorbacks. I think they can score up and down all over Vermont. All right, Thomas, go ahead. I mean, yeah, Thomas, get in here. And uh, I guess you already told us how you feel about Vermont, but quickly, I mean, on, on Arkansas this round. 
Yeah, I think Arkansas's defense is going to be the difference here. Vermont's going to try to play slow, but if they fall behind, I think they're going to get into some trouble. It's just, you know, uh, it was a week ago that everybody loved Arkansas. I'm betting Arkansas to win the SEC tournament. Yeah. And this is my point with falling in love with specific teams. People just want to bet Vermont. It's a bad matchup. I think Arkansas wins by double digits. Yeah, Drew, everybody was on Vermont coming into the tournament. It's, now it's like a left turn. Yeah. Yeah, this was a bad draw. I don't know why the tournament committee does this sometimes where they take, uh, you know, sort of that hot, you know, Cinderella potential and they give them the worst possible matchup. We saw it as, as Tom mentioned, I think with Colgate yeah, last year, that was basically through immediately through cold water on that team. And then similarly, I feel like that's what's going on here with Vermont, Arkansas. I make as seven point favorites here. I mentioned I may have a little bit of bias towards the SEC with my numbers. It's not kind of, you know, perfectly capturing true strength of these teams because the market seems pretty happy with the five and a half here. Um, but uh, ultimately, I think Arkansas wins this one by margin. Uh, Thomas Memphis laying two and a half versus Boise State. This is going to be a very, very uh, interesting game. I'm on Memphis. Listen, on paper, one of the top 10 teams in the country, it, they don't play the games on paper, though. They play them on basketball courts. Yeah, this is a tough game to cap because they're so different. Um, they each have uh, strengths and weaknesses that the others can exploit. The reason I like Memphis a little bit here is because I don't think Boise has seen a team this athletic all year. And Memphis, you know, you like them, you like them, Corey, that that's a team, the talent to get on a run. You don't, you don't want that team playing well at the end of the season. So I do lean Memphis here. And I also think as much as I love the Mountain West, love watching it, it's a little bit overrated coming into the tournament. Yeah, love watching that Mountain West. A lot of late nights on the East Coast. Uh, what do we think, Vaughn, Memphis and Boise State? I think it's going to be a dogfight. I'm looking at the under, but I can't trust Memphis, Corey. They've had 15, 19, and 21 turnovers in their last three games. Like, that is ridiculous. When you look at their numbers on the season, they're literally a bottom 10 team when it comes to offensive turnover percentage. And now they go against a team like Boise State, who wants to grit and grind, slow them down, now, I do agree with Tom. Memphis is far too athletic for Boise State. They have not faced a team to match up like this with them. So this is a stay-away game for me, but I definitely don't trust Memphis in all their turnovers. I can understand, uh, Drew, people not trusting Memphis. Obviously, we saw how they were playing through the majority of the season. And then uh, Coach Coach Hardaway had that, you know, that, 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 that tirade. Then they kind of turned it around after that, had the loss in this conference tournament. But this Boise State team is tough. Talk about a bad draw, but I do like Memphis. Where do you stand on this game right here? Yeah, my numbers say Boise State should be favored, but the market is very, very confident in Memphis here. So I'm going to pass on this one. Ultimately, I think there's there must be something. Maybe it is the athleticism as mentioned by Tom, um, but uh, something about this one doesn't seem right to me, at least the way the market has shaped up. So this one's a pass. All right. And then our next game to discuss in this round. Ah, Vaughn Duke laying 17 and a half versus Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> uh, you know what? Keep the points. I'm on Cal State Fullerton money line. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Say a two seed goes down. Hey, I mean, I'm not super opposed to it. I, I think Duke is going to get knocked out early. Like, Duke's not making it past the Sweet 16, in my opinion. Um, I think Tom had the tweet the other day or putting in his article about Duke having five of his last six worst defensive games, all efficiency-wise, coming recently. Uh, that is a terrible thing heading into this. And we saw number two lost last year. Ohio State lost to Oral Roberts. So 
Corey, I don't hate it. I'm definitely not rushing to lay the points with Duke. And just a fun fact is you should be playing the team totals on opposite sides against Duke. Every single one has hit in the last seven games. Every team scored 65 plus on them. So uh, target the team totals opposite the team Duke's playing in March. All right, what do we got? What do we got, uh, Drew? Uh, Cal State Fullerton and, and Duke. I'm going to pass on this one. I don't blame you. I definitely, do, I definitely don't want Cal State Fullerton money line. I, I have seen a lot of, <laughs> I've seen a lot of Duke teams that stink, and they are, they're in the tournament fraudulently, and they get popped round one. Lehigh beat them one year, I remember very, very memorably, as they were a two seed, I think. Um, but uh, this is not that quality. This is not that poor of a quality Duke team. Like they're not good. They're not going to win the title, but they're not that bad. So I don't think they're going to lose the uh, to Fullerton. Although Fullerton, of course, is you know they're they're they were they were tough getting to this point. Um, I would say that uh, if you like Fullerton, if you like them with the points or with the money line, based on what we heard from Teddy and based on what I'm looking at the market right now, it's going to keep going up. So I would wait until closer to tip off to get involved with the dog. If you like the dog in this one, uh, my guess, if I had to say, this is going to close 19 or 19 and a half. Thomas, you touched on this one yet? Uh, Cal State, Fulton, and Duke? Yeah, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is it feels like something's not right there at Duke. Just look at the defensive intensity. I mean, you guys know I'm a Syracuse guy, and Buddy Beheim may not be the best player in the country. He might be the most important to his team. I mean, because Syracuse has no no depth at all. And for Duke to struggle in that game without Buddy Beheim was eye-opening to me. Yeah. Kentucky, Gonzaga, Kansas, they win that game by 30 for fun. So I just don't understand where the lack of defensive intensities come from. They don't look like they want to be on the court, but I will caution some patience, patience, wait around. Cal State Fullerton wasn't the draw. Trust me. Uh, I know everybody's <laughs> dying to bet against Duke, but this isn't the team. I think Duke might win this game rather easily, and then it'll set up some opportunities for us to fade them down the line. All right, there you go right there. We are rocking and rolling. Still got a little bit of time left. First, let me tell you, make sure you check us out on our, our NBC Sports Predictor app, Powered by Points Bet. This way you go over there, you download the app for free. Your chance to play in a ton of different contests, whether it's college basketball, the NBA contest, your shot at free cash. And so download the NBC Sports Predictor app, Powered by Points Bet. All right, but now it's time to get to the, the grand finale. Let's start with team to fade. I will go first. Should come as no surprise. I am fading the Duke Blue Devils. Thomas, who are you fading? Yeah, the guy who didn't make the commercial. Um, I'd fade uh, Purdue and uh, and Baylor, I think, are two teams that aren't going to be around long. Vaughn, who are you fading? I'm also on Purdue, uh, Michigan, and Wisconsin. All those teams I feel like are great fades. They're all 1-8, 1-9, and eight, one and nine, or 2-7 and seven in their last 9-10 and ten against the spread. All right, Drew, who are you fading? I think I'm going to get the most equity out, or I'm going to shoot for equity here. Either that or I'm going to lose every pool by trying to take on the mighty Kansas Jayhawks. They're in the easiest region. They should make a run here, but they have potentially some tough matchups in terms of just difficult teams to prepare for where they may come in a little bit overconfident, maybe looking past their opponent. Um, maybe I'm being hopeful and, you know, and, and thinking that Auburn really the, the path could open up wide open for them. But uh, the team for me in terms of a fade is, uh, is Kansas. Next topic, Cinderella team to watch. I will go first. I am going to go with the with Creighton, like the way they played in the Big East tournament, like their style of play. I think they're a tough, battle-tested team. Double-digit wins in the Big East. Vaughn, who is your Cinderella team? This is where you say 
the Norfolk Spartans. <laughs> I wish. I wish it was Norfolk. I mean, I wish they would have got better draws, Norfolk and Vermont. But, hey, there's a couple teams I like. I'm, I'm, I'm really big on uh, Loyola and Davidson this year. I think those two teams could go pretty far. So I'll be taking a look at those two in the Sweet 16 range. Thomas, uh, Cinderella. Yeah, for me, it's Loyola and Chattanooga. I think Chattanooga is going to be a tough first-round opponent for Illinois, but I really like this Loyola team. Tough second-round matchup with Villanova, but I think they have a shot there to make the Sweet 16. All right, Drew, what we got? I like Chattanooga as a Cinderella to get an upset over Illinois in round one. Uh, and then as far as the the team that I think can make a – that's lower-seeded that can make a real run here – I put a lot of eggs in the UNC basket at this point. They're an eight seed. They're twenty to one to win to go to the Final Four. Uh, and like I said, I think they uh, they're going to be a reasonable bet on against every one of the you know kind of the the blue bloods that they face along the way. All right, let's get to Final Four. Thomas, you're up first. Yeah, for me, it's Kansas. I don't feel great about it because I don't love the Jayhawks, but I went with them. Uh, Arizona. Kentucky and Yukon I was so that's uh the way the way my brackets go you can cross those four teams off right now <laughs> <laughs> well you got Drew your final four so I like Gonzaga to come out of the very challenging west as mentioned I think uh the bracket of death is the uh uh, is the is the South with Arizona, Villanova. Uh, I have Villanova ultimately emerging there as the two seed. Uh, I think Auburn comes out of the Midwest. And then uh, I have UNC coming out of the uh, East, which is my big uh, my big wild card. I got to say, Drew, Drew has rejuvenated my Auburn ticket. So I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling I'm pumped after this show. I love it. <laughs> they I, I went through I do the same thing every year where I have like these are the red flags and I tally it all up and all the all the top seeds <laughs> that, you know, that get crossed off. And I'm left. I do the same thing every year. And at the end of the day, Auburn was still there. Like they really, they, they, they are excellent, excellent at defending against the rim. That is something that does travel when you're in these, you know, wide open arenas where, you know, the, the teams they're up against are trying to, you know, you know, shoot, shoot threes and, and they cannot get it done at the basket. That's a, that's a good recipe for success in my mind. All right, Vaughn, final four. All right, so I'm rolling with the Bulldogs as well. I'm not chalky like these guys, though, because I'm rolling with some four, fives, and six, or three, fours, and fives in Tennessee, Iowa, and UCLA. So uh, I think, you know, it's March Madness. We're going to get some out upset outrights. Um, the one team I do think could reach in here and make my Final Four is Arizona. I feel like I keep sleeping on them and disrespecting them. Um, but for now, I love Gonzaga versus UCLA. And I'll take a swing on Tennessee versus Iowa, which both those teams can either lose in the second round or go all the way to the Final Four. Eight rest of stuff right there. My Final Four, I am going to break it down with my national semis being Texas Tech versus Kentucky and Arizona versus Auburn. So that Auburn ticket lives, Thomas. And for my outright winner, my 2022 national champion, when I saw them yesterday get, you know, being announced that they were going to the tournament, no jumping up and down and screaming. It was just a golf clap and get ready for business. They looked like a, a professional basketball team. That was the Arizona Wildcats. That's my pick at plus 600 on points bet to win the tournament. Drew, who do you got cutting down the nets? It is finally time for Gonzaga to take home a title. This is it. This is the team. Uh, the battle hardened in the very challenging Western region, um, but no one quite as good quality wise. I think ultimately, and this is Gonzaga's year to lose. All right, Thomas, what do we got? The national champion. 
Well, I went with Arizona, but after listening to Drew, I kind of like Auburn again. But uh, <laughs> now I'm going to go with Arizona. Like I said, I think when everyone's playing their best, I think they're the best. So if they don't have any letdowns, I like their chances. All right, Vaughn, bring it home, my man. Hey, we got to split this show somehow, baby. I'm on Gonzaga as well. I play them at four to one. I'll take them at three and a half to one again. I love the Bulldogs and what they middle do with Chet Holmgren this year. Battle tested, battle hardened. They've overcome it all. This is the year for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. All right, there you go, right there. I want to give a big special shout out to Brian Rubin, Adam Wise, Johnny, PJ, Blake, the whole crew behind the scenes to make sure that we look good. Shout out to Drew, Vaughn, and Thomas coming through with their picks. Once again, you can catch all our content at NBCSportsEdge.com. And make sure you subscribe to our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. You can catch uh, Bet the Edge every single day with Sarah and Drew. For Drew, Vaughn, and Thomas, I'm Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive. Good luck, everybody. We are out. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.